You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. I want to say, too, that no matter how corrupt our government and corporations and Wall Street and news media may yet become, the music will still be perfectly wonderful.
Hey everyone, this is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast, and you don't know this, but this episode is long in the making with Salo Ponto. We got Joe from Salo Ponto. Welcome to the show, Joe. Happy to be here, Ken. Happy to be here, stoked. It is a long time coming. It's cool. It is very nice to have you on the, on the microphone, and uh, I've been uh, digging on your music for a while in the uh, Oregon Oregon music scene here. Haven't seen you live yet. Um, been digging on the new, uh, the newer release, uh, Parallel Narratives. And uh, tell us, uh, can, can you just launch in and tell us a, a bit about the the band, the sound project, and uh, what you're up to? Sure, sure. So for for quite some years now, um, I've been writing songs. I guess you could say with with some close friends from Ohio, uh, several of us um, went to college together and we played music in college together. And Youngstown, Ohio is a great place in a lot of ways, Uh, but especially in 2014, it was no Portland, Oregon. And so our, I guess our particular group of friends um, had had a little bit of a there was um, there's kind of a gathering of of uh, familiar people that we already knew out here and and I had some family out here <clears throat> excuse me I already had some family so I came out to check it out investigated it liked it uh, sole purpose of moving was to inevitably start a band. And that was clear with, especially Max, who is the bass player in our band. We went to, we went to uh, college together, went to music school together. And, uh, and so we just kind of wanted to go somewhere and start something where one of my big impressions of Portland when I first came here was that when I, I would go out and we'd go to whatever bars or clubs or whatever, and there'd be so many different types, there'd be so many different demographics, you could say, of people at a particular place, like mixing it up together. And I thought yeah, that was yeah, really yeah. cool. And I'm sure that's just me not going to uh, New York City enough or, or bigger cities where that's totally just a normal thing. But where I was from, and it, and it wasn't, a, Youngstown, Ohio is not a uh, small town. It's more like a small city. Uh, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily like that. So I thought that was really cool. I thought, well, this feels right. This is probably like a nice place to come. And, and then just start experimenting with noise. The, the earliest formation of the band was, was me i was kind of like like live looping drums off of a like a, a synthesizer and then uh adding stuff to it with bass and whatnot and then ed the who now is like tambourine and keyboard player in our band he just had a a sampler and he would just kind of more or less like i don't know make whatever kind of random noise he could we'd dialogue from movies or whatever and uh and then it just grew and then people started moving out here and then uh our drummer Dave saw us at a show when we didn't have a drummer. <laughs> well, we had a four, <laughs> we had a four piece band, no drums, and we had we had we had looped all the electronic drums. And afterwards, he was just like, he, we we worked together. We were uh, we worked at the same restaurant. And uh, afterwards, he was just like, hey guys, I play drums. <laughs> and so basically, the rest is history. That was probably like 2016, and so we. We've basically had the same core unit since then. 
Oh, that's that's that that that's so great. Uh, and the drums say j- just you know, saying hey, not that you need me, but uh, you know, I can play the drums and I'm nearby. That's, so that's almost exactly <laughs> what it was like too. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Joe, tell me about uh, tell you know, we 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 dig into art and philosophy on the show. Tell me about uh, just just yourself as far as you know, creativity and say music. Was there was there a point? Uh, you know, in your development, where you're like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play music, uh, or I'm gonna be an artist. Uh, d- is was there an identifiable point for you, or you always kind of felt like that? There's, there's definitely some kind of identifiable point. It's, it's kind of gray, or in a sense, because it, I know this is true for Max in the band. Also, we grew up playing classical music in in school. And for a long time, it wasn't necessarily something that I wanted to do. It was something that my my parents were kind of not necessarily forcing me to do. I'm sure I was getting like, I don't know, they were buying me whatever. Maybe I got a video game for staying in orchestra through seventh or eighth grade. But it was like that. We, we started in fifth grade in my school district. It was really, in hindsight, it's so thankful that it was a thing and that my parents made me stick with it. But it, it was like that. It was more pedantic and it was more of a chore. A lot of times, literally it was a chore. I had to play violin for 20 minutes a day before I could do anything, you know? And at the time, <laughs> at the time that was, just yes. so, at the time that was so unbearable. But, uh, and then when I got into college, at, so I played through 12th grade and I, that was violin. I was playing violin in uh, an orchestra through 12th grade. And then um, in college, the first year of college, I did not uh, play music in school at all. I had already started playing guitar and I was I was really invested in it and I really liked doing it. But once I heard that my college had a music recording like production program that you could you could major in is kind of a game changer. So uh, I thought, well, that's it. You know, I can I can read music. I've been doing that for decade at that point basically and uh and it, it just worked out that way so i guess flash forward to after music school and and having this completely new interest in in playing music i would say it still took a little it be, because it, it was something i enjoyed so much and i had so much fun doing there was a part of me that was a little hesitant to call myself an artist because I, I don't know. I, it's a harder thing to explain, I guess, because there was a lot of hanging out with friends and just doing it and and gigging and getting shows and just kind of like seeing where it was going. And and uh, I guess no one wanted to take our none of us wanted to take ourselves too serious. And that if we if we acted like people who considered themselves artists playing like jazz, rock, fusion stuff, then, you know, we, we didn't want to seem outside of our league but um i don't know i the older i get the more i understand how it is what it is it, you 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 are doing this thing that is essentially art it's artistic at the very least and um and yeah i i have much easier time grasping that now but just growing growing up with it it was it was always just such a different thing and then it turned into it turned into this thing that i realized I was kind of set up for or unknowingly doing. 
Yeah, yeah. Hey, Joe, I have a, a, a question. I mean, in, in, in playing with the other band members for some time in your time out in uh, out there in Ohio, plus the uh, the training, the background training, you know, that that you have. Yeah. Um, I, I find it. Uh, I mean, I can hear it in 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 the in in the music that there's this. Uh, uh that there's this um that there's this depth uh to it or the development between uh the albums i feel that uh parallel narratives your newest one uh has this uh more distinct kind of mellow uh i don't know if mellow is the word but a vibe to it um tell tell me about playing over time in that training and from your perspective, how that comes out through the music. I can, I can hear it. I'm not describing it well, though. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I would say, I would say like when you, you start, it's more like, uh, there's, there's definitely more of a, I'm doing this. It's going to be what I want, but also it has to appeal to other people besides you. So that's a really huge pool to pull from. And if you like a lot of different types of music, you can kind of just say, well, okay, I like this artist and that, and I really like this wildly different artist. Uh, and you know, maybe people can find some kind of common ground in what I'm doing. And so I think that, I think that just kind of, uh, has been our, that's always kind of, been our, or at least my, a, a personal goal of mine is to, uh, keep it, keep it coming from different angles. And, um, our, we definitely, like, we're not oblivious to the fact that we are a, a, a rock band, but within those, I don't know, parameters, like how can you, how can you spin that? And, and our, yeah, I just think that, uh, we, it's just so, the songs, it's the the ones that we're one hundred percent sure about, stick with us, and we play and record. There's just, just been so many other times where it's like, yes, this is a song. Um, it's fine. It's got a beginning and an end. We don't hate it, but there's something about uh, following through with something that you're really, really convicted about and and real, more passionate. And I think that, uh, you know, I think that comes from just like drawing from uh, different, you know, different avenues, keeping and keeping yourself surprised. I think yes. that's, that's really cool too. So as, yeah, as the creator, yeah, yeah, and just kind of, yeah, you hear about you talk about bands who uh, like no no two songs sound the same. I'm sure they were doing the intentionally same that same thing. I'm not saying ours don't. I tell you several that do sound the same or, or like one another, but. Uh, yeah, you know, that's, I think that's the same kind of thing. Just keeping it almost, almost to like, keep surprising yourself with what you're doing. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, well, in, in, in terms, in terms of, uh, uh, art, um, one of the questions I ask is, is, is what is art? And I heard you in your, your uh, description of, you know, kind of like coming to terms with, you know, seeing yourself as an artist seemed like a huge step, but um, what do you think art is the, the general question? What is art? 
lately I've been thinking or I've been throwing around like when, when I am completely distracted from, uh, like the more mundane or even maybe say dark realities of actually being alive. Uh, when I'm, when I, you, you have those moments where you kind of like come back to reality and for that, it was, it, you might not even be listening to a song and be thinking about something or, or watching a movie. It doesn't matter. But like the, the distraction from reality is almost, I think, artistic and the yeah. intentional and the intentional things like music and film and paintings. Like that's just the oh, that's just the showcase of it. You're giving it that time. And uh, I yeah, I think that's like enter, entertainment. Why? Well, I just heard so I'm going to I'm going to of course I'm going to get this wrong. I'm not going to look, I don't feel like looking it up. It's, um, it was like entertainment and art and like the Venn diagram that they have. But like on one side is, uh, it, I forget which one was, it's like entertainment, uh, distracted you from reality and art, um, like maybe presented you with an entire new one in its own. Gotcha. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I wish I, uh, I should have done my. I should have done a little homework. No, no, I'd say on the distraction, on the distraction bit. Um, I heard that word early on. It's actually a, a word I don't encounter as much. Um, in asking this question, uh-huh. um, tant- tantalized uh, by that because it it is something like the uh, the the distraction from the reality as is, or the art uh, in and of itself being. Uh-huh the presentation of a different reality, right? It's yeah. either immersion yeah. in or a distraction from. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's exactly what I, I heard before, but I, that's, yeah, definitely think about the, the roundabout, you know, through the, through the filter of my head. That's, I, 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 I kind of can identify with that for sure. And, uh, you know, I, it really helps to it really helps to collaborate with people who like for like like a you hear about uh like record producers and some of those people do a really invaluable thing like to to for someone to trust what you are doing enough to like kind of like pick up not maybe like a a rain or just be be willing to walk with you through it and still like very much like let it be your own thing. Like Cam Cam Speece really he did a lot uh, for the recording for the new record. He did our last two records. Excuse me. <clears throat> he re- he produced our last two records, and I was talking to him and someone the other day. He's great at the technical side of things. Um, very good at letting you feel comfortable uh, in this high stressful environment. I think that's kind of maybe one of the more under appreciated things of a good, of a good producer or whoever Uh, you're here, you're there and you're really trying to capture this, this thing, this idea that you want, like you've got so much riding on it, almost the least of which are finances, but those that's obviously very important. You're still there and you still have this, this shot. Like it's good. You know, and, uh, it's really nerve wracking thing. Um, and, uh, some people, 
some people are just so good at there's something to recording music live. Some people are just so good at it. it it's, you know, it's something you have to be comfortable doing. And, uh, I think he did a great job of helping with that. I think he understands that's part of a producer's role, which might not really get the kind of praise or credit that it, it normally deserves. When you listen, uh, when, when somebody's going to go to, uh, one of your live shows, it's one of the things I like to get into with the live performance of Salopanto. Uh, what uh, what differences what what differences they get? Uh, what's what's the live experience like? That's a that's a cool question. Um, our live experience started. <laughs> our first show was really funny and kind of um, I don't know. Maybe not serendipitous. It's a small town. We like played with several of the other bands later on. Uh, we, we, we played in a basement. It's a funny story. We played in a basement on like Holgate and 70th down in the Southeast. And, uh, this is before our, who now plays, uh, tambourine. This is before Ed, the tambourine keyboard, uh, some vocals guy. He only played sampler at the time. He, he didn't have anything else really going on. We didn't really have anything else for him to do. But um, we we had him playing like again like movie dialogue or whatever, and uh, and so show's about to start. We're opening. His sampler goes out, and so <laughs> he's got he's got nothing else on stage. It's I should say I should say he's got nothing else in the corner of this basement that we're playing in. And uh, so we go through it, and everyone's coming up to him afterwards, like, "Hey, dude, that was great." <laughs> <laughs> he totally sold it but um the thing we were doing that he really helped with uh having the sampler was that um we would do like 45 minutes we, we would like introduce ourselves and then we would do about 45 minutes straight through one song into the next and at the end of it we would thank people and and whatnot and to to a degree we still try to do that um there aren't a lot of stops um, I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate talking, but, uh, we try, to, we try to, we, I certainly don't hate talking, but we try to, um, you know, just, just limit it and say what we, what, what what's required. And, uh, you know, some things are, and then, um, yeah, I'd say we'll do like, we'll do like blocks of, we have a we did one recently of like four songs in a row you know we'll we'll start play four songs straight through and then uh say a little something then play like another 15 or 20 minutes and a lot of times after that we'll play one more song and uh and that'll 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 be the end of it but um there are I, there are things we do live that aren't on any records there's like, you know, extended formats and stuff. And we're just, we're huge fans of live music in general. We're always, always trying to catch it. And, and so, yeah, it's almost, it's almost like going to a, going to, going to see one of your favorite bands or going for us, going to see some of our favorite bands, like doing homework. You yeah. Know, what, I, what are these guys up to this time? And I remember like I saw, I, I, I got around to Yola Tango finally. And I finally, uh, I, I was into them and I, I just, it just never happened. I don't know. I always enjoyed like what I heard and 
when that finally clicked for me, like the next time they came to Portland, they played two nights at the Wonder Ballroom. I went to both and it was just, just blown away. It was so much fun. One thing they yeah. did though, one thing, yeah, they were, they're so great. They ended both. I guess they end their shows with covers almost always. And we, we love covers and we have, we have several that we had kind of like put in and out, you know, whatever they, we rotate them out, you know, there's several that there's several, I guess Yola Tango does the same thing. Of course, however many we have, they have like 200 more, I'm sure. Cause they're just incredible, but yeah, we love, we love covers and I love, I love when a band I, in particular, I don't know why, but I love when a band and ends with a cover. I don't flaming lips do it a lot. I guess they don't end with covers. I don't know, but yeah. But having a lot of covers from a band like Flame and Lips is uh, most most enjoyable. Hey, uh, Joe, I wanted to ask you uh, one of the big questions of the show and then ask a little bit more uh, about a couple songs. But a uh, big question of the show, uh, no good time to ask it. Why is there something rather than nothing? <sighs> nothing just doesn't sound appealing at all. Like darkness is just so... Or I don't know. I don't know if I'm getting too. I don't. I don't know if there is a point to the question or answer. But uh, <laughs> I think. I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot easier for some people to create than others. And I think the people who I, I know them personally. I, I think the the people who struggle to express the things that are inside of them from either one way or another there's anxiety about how people are going to feel they're afraid to face rejection of their poem song movie painting whatever um you know they just can't yeah they can't bring themselves to lift the pen or anything and uh i think those same people are some of the biggest appreciators and fans of of any all of the you know formats that i'm talking about and and also they have they often some of the people I'm thinking of in particular have some of like my favorite tastes and they're they're just, they're, you know, I really take what they, when, when the right friend, uh, who's like a genius in their own right calls me and says that, Hey, this, this show is really good. I think you'd really like it. I, you know, I'm I'm just kind of sticking with it. And a lot of times I, I struggle as a, you know, creator. Sometimes I just get overwhelmed with all of it. And I wait for the people who, um, I trust to kind of, you know, filter it out. It, it just always seems to happen like that. Whenever, whenever enough people tell me about, and it, it, you know, it's always at the right show. I always get into it. I'm like, Oh yeah, like that was great. So I guess what I'm saying is, um, it's a, what's the word? Symbiotic sort of relationship yeah. between the, the audience and the, whatever the audience is and the, people that make it like we yeah. everyone 100% needs each other you know so i don't know i think that's why <laughs> not the easiest not the easiest question but let me jump over to um let me jump over to uh Salo Ponto again um uh for the, for the for the listeners where do um where do you find uh Salo Ponto? I know there's a nice uh Bandcamp page, uh, uh definitely a page I recommend uh, overall, and can see the new music and your catalog there. But tell us uh, where to find your stuff. We have 
We're all over uh, Instagram and YouTube. There is a there is I think there's still a salopanto.com. But it's 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 like an overgrown I guess it'd be an overgrown front yard. Um, it needs a lot of work. Uh, the the weeds have the weeds have grown, and uh, there's just there's just nothing recent on it. It's just older pictures of us members in the members in the band who uh, had to move away or whatever and stuff like that. But but yeah, Bandcamp and Instagram and YouTube are the are the the big ones for sure. Great. Hey, can you tell us about uh, the track "So Little Earth"? Yeah, So Little Earth is the only song of of its kind on our record. Obviously, we always we always kind of uh, imagined it some kind of Talking Heads Remain in Light, um, you know, idea type idea. But um, we we all got to so we all I it's a song I I did something like it a couple years ago. And we, we didn't need, we didn't need one more song, quote like one more song for the album. But what we had were this, we had this group of songs that all really worked together. And then we had these couple like much heavier rockin' songs that were a little their own thing. And so what we're doing is we're releasing an EP and we're releasing an EP in December Um and so we kind of let those songs be their own thing and we'll put them out later. And so we needed one more. And instead of just like trying to write a song, we took this one that I had done years ago and we all just kind of took our time. I say me, the drummer and the bass player specifically, we just kind of sat with a, with a click and listened to the song or the groove as it were. And, uh, and this is where the the remain in light thing comes into play. We kind of just um, chopped it up, chopped pieces up, and, and looped what we wanted, and and kind of let have free reign with a lot of like the noises that we were you know coming up with. And uh, so yeah, it was just it was just cool the way that that song came to be. There's there's like a like there's the the click track is in the song. It's it's it starts the song. We just we just played to those drums for several minutes and then through the architectural nature of uh camp space who recorded the album we we came up with that but it's it's fun and yeah it's gonna it's gonna be really fun to play live when we when you get around to i don't think we'll be playing it on on halloween but but yeah it's a it's one of my favorites for sure how it came out wonderful i no, i love that one uh uh, we're talking with Joe. What about um, Parallel Narratives? Yeah, so Parallel Narratives, the title track of the album, that was a that was a COVID song, uh, and the idea the idea was um, with the like with the lockdown and everything. It was like uh, I felt I felt like everyone was kind of. Uh, Granted, I'm, there's always going to be there's always going to be the super elite that have you know no real claim in the in the real world, but like for the most part, like no one like no one could get into a movie theater, no one could get to a rock concert, no one could go into a museum. Like there were all these things 
through all these things that you can't really bypass by threat of, you know, probably some kind of legal, legal course. But, um, yeah, for everyone to kind of just be on that same wave and path and, uh, and for, for really the first time for maybe, I, you know, I feel like my, my parents didn't know anything more about this than I did. And no one else's did either. So everyone was kind of just in this same boat together. And, uh, yeah, I just, it was just, it was in hindsight, a very inspiring time. It was, it was, it was the only time I can remember, (laughs) uh, like, okay, well the next two months are kind of unspoken for. I better, uh, I better lock myself in a room and play as much guitar as I can while I have this time or, you know, it was like, it was like finally getting to focus solely on art as opposed to like bills or having a job or doing things like that. So, you know, it was awful for a lot of people. That's terrible. Um, but I, I found, and I found in it a little bit of a, I don't know. It, benefit but i don't know time to you know time to practice and not worry about not worry about working that was nice you know but again i didn't realize it was a it was a pandemic so there's that well there's also the individualized purse you know the experience of the pandemic particularly for artists you know going interviewing artists through that time and just seeing it was so varied like the the experience as significant as it was and uh you know, uh, for different type of artists had different meaning, uh, regarding the impacts. Most definitely. Def- yeah. Yeah. It, I remember, yeah, just, it was kind of a, sh- I mean, it's very shocking. The, the reality didn't just hit it once over, over the course of those first few weeks, it was just, just like, wow, this is what it is. And I'm going to try to take advantage of it, you know, try to make the most of this time that I can. Genuinely, yeah, remember thinking that. Pretty good, and not start uh, start drinking beer before five or six if I could help it. Most, you know, <laughs> right? Which, which we, I, you know, I remember we we were we did a really good job. Me and my roommates were good. We were genuinely pretty good about it. You know, it's a good time. The bubbles, everyone's bubble. A lot of disinfectant. Oh my goodness, Joe. Um, I can't believe we did this. We actually, we actually got the episode. Hell yeah.
Rather than nothing, 